With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Natalie Cheel and Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Oh, yes. It's, uh, ooh, what day is it? It's Wednesday. Wednesday, the 15th of November, 2023. Hang on. Uh, I've got something stuck on my tongue and there's no way. Oh, something else. Uh, I'm going to get through two hours with this annoying me. But anyway, it's gone now. Sorry about that. Uh, this is what you call warts and all, warts and all radio. This is TNT Radio, and you're very, very welcome to tune in this morning. Natalie, Gemma, and I are going to be chewing the fat for the next uh, 55 minutes or so. And then during the locked and loaded segment, after that, I'll be talking again with Gemma and also Dr. Bruce Scott from Bonnie, Scotland. He's a psychoanalyst extraordinaire. I'm going to be breaking down some of the psychology behind what's happening in the world at the minute and that has been thrust upon us over the last few years. So, as always, uh, our phone lines will be open. If any of you feel like giving us a call, uh, do so. The numbers are on the website. And, of course, you can leave a message in our live chat on tntradio.live. Questions, comments, links, uh, suggestions, please feel free to do that. Or if you want to get personal with us, and don't take that the wrong way, but uh, you can send us an email if you check our email addresses also on the website. Feel free to shoot us, shoot us an email and we will do our absolute best to respond. Now, oh, you have to find humor in this crazy world. I seen a, a story this morning that I was in disbelief of. It's very politically incorrect, but there was a lady, a Greek singer, a tall, blonde, curvy, let me just say, Greek singer who appeared on a Stars in the Rise type program, and she was uh, guesting as, you'll never believe it, Stevie Wonder. Yes, uh, she came out as Stevie Wonder. She was painted black. She had sunglasses on. Uh, she had two men guiding her uh, to her pianos because she pretended she couldn't see uh, it was potentially a complete and utter disaster until she started to sing. She built it out part-time lover, and you couldn't tell the difference between her and Stevie, and she had the head movements going on, and she was having a ball, and the audience were absolutely loving it. I know it's not politically correct these days, but you know what? She was having a blast, and they seemed to enjoy it, and it put a smile on my miserable little Irish face this morning too. And no, I'm not racist. And no, I'm not misogynistic, etc. It's called humor. Okay. It's called humor. I used to be part of a large men's organization and uh, they had a, a, how would you say it, a display once a year and the parents would come and see their sons and, you know, running around marching and playing bands. And there was always a segment where they got, you know, the elder, the older men got dressed up as women, Tina Turner and things like that. You know, nobody, nobody shook their head in disgust. It was a bit of fun. And if you don't like that sort of thing, then you don't have to watch it. Just switch over the channel. But anyway, uh, I, I don't know if I can put, I can't put links into the chat. I'm used to with technology. But anyway, uh, it made me laugh slightly less humorous. We covered a story a few weeks ago about an ice hockey game. 
where a chap, uh, Matt Petgrave, uh, looked like he killed or attempted to kill another hockey player on the stage. He skated over. He kicked him in the throat with a skate. The guy ended up dying in hospital. That guy made a return to the hockey pitch this week and was met with a standing ovation by his fans. And then he has subsequently been arrested by uh, the, the police and has been charged and investigated for manslaughter. So a very bizarre up and down type of story. Was it an accident? Was it not? When he came back, uh, he got huge support from his fans about the outpouring of heat towards him after he literally took this guy out live on TV. He came back and played again to a standing ovation and then got arrested for manslaughter. So it's a very topsy-turvy world that we're living in at the minute. And uh, uh, without going into the individual stories, I'm thinking about this conflict that's been going on in the Middle East for the last month and a bit. But think about the stories. Is it tr It's true. It's not true. Yes, it's true. It's true. It's not true. Yes, it's true. To confuse people, the bombing of the hospital, <clears throat> excuse me, the girl that was kidnapped, allegedly uh, assaulted and, and, and ripped and murdered. Then her mom said, no, she's alive. And then it was confirmed, no, she's actually dead. And the decapitated babies, they're genuine. No, it's not genuine. I've seen them. No, I haven't seen them. It seems to be everything's geared up towards putting us on a roller coaster. Uh, at this time. So uh, be aware of that, uh, that uh, don't take everything at face value and don't be taken aback by some reactions to obviously crazy things that are happening in the world at the minute. Uh, I do believe this is to put us into a mental teal spin at this point in time. So we're going to try and set the truth compass uh, to true north here on TNT Radio and do our best to deliver factual-based stories rather than uh, hypothesizing and is it, isn't it, will it, won't it. We try our best uh, to stick to the facts and try and call out what's actually happening in the crazy old world at the minute. So please uh, stay tuned. Uh, Gemma and Natalie are incoming as per right now and we'll be landing in a split second or two here on TNT Radio. We're not exactly mind readers, but they say what I'm thinking. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Good morning to Natalie and Gemma Cooper. How are you both today? Yeah, and I only just made it on time, didn't I? I lost track of time this morning, but I was like, well, what, one second ago. So, uh, but I'm still here, raring to go. Legend. Legend. And what about you? Gemma was bright and early. She is, I don't want to say she's a real professional. Uh, she's here before <laughs> both of us in the mornings actually puts us both to shame, locked and loaded. She is, uh, unlike us, we're just, uh, we just drop in at the last minute. Gemma, how are you doing? How does it feel to be so damn professional? I mean, it's quite awesome, actually. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, that's a very nice compliment coming from from you guys. Um, yeah, I'm fine. And interesting hearing what you were saying, you know, is it true? Is it not true? You know, we're being gaslit, aren't we, on mm. on an epic scale, on a global scale. And it would be really interesting to hear what your guest has to say in an hour's time, you know, the psychotherapist about how, how we are responding to this, because it's so normalized. You know, the, the, the kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll give you this information, we'll give you that information, we'll take this away, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. You're in a constant state of anxiety. But yeah, here at TNT, we try our best uh to to kind of provide the kind of reasoned alternative but yeah we are being gaslit no doubt about it no doubt about it 
We are, and I suppose against that uh, that statement that you've just made, of course, the last three years has been dominated on and off by you know injections. Let's there's no getting away from it uh, with the, the the rollout. It's almost three years. It'll be three years next month, actually, since they first rolled out the the AstraZeneca shot, Oxford AstraZeneca shot in the UK. So three years, can you believe it? Come next month, and uh, the the interest, let's say, has ebbed and flowed. Pfizer. Stock price went through the roof, now it's going down through the floor. The uptake of these jabs isn't so good. However, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, as the saying goes, and they seem to be coming at us from all angles here at the moment. And now chicken pox, I believe, is making the headlines now too. They want to try and jab everybody for chicken pox. Is that correct? That's the latest, uh, one of the latest strategies they have to get needles into the arms. Well, chickenpox is something that um, it, it has been on the news uh, late yesterday and today in the UK. Um, they seem to want to jab you for every single thing. I mean, chickenpox, they want to jab babies, 12 months and then 18 months. And then they want to jab you again at 6 and 11 uh, for a childhood illness that causes no serious complications. And interestingly, off the back of that story, I have found that NHS England are expected to announce today at their annual conference for UK uh, NHS service providers, uh, the boss of NHS England is expected to get up on stage and announce to that conference that um, they're going to now uh, eliminate, eliminate, I don't know how this is possible, but they intend to do it, eliminate cervical cancer here in the UK by the year 2040 with, of course, a jab. Um, and, the, and the targets that have been laid down are global targets been laid down by the World Health Organization. So we all know where this is going. And they are saying that um, the tar elimination targets set by the WHO um, say we need 90% of all eligible people to be vaccinated to eliminate this disease by 2040. Australia, the targets for Australia are by 2035, and it's all to do with sticking a needle in your arm for this. Now, the figures don't add up with this one because cancer is cancer, right? Obviously, you know, if you if you get ill, it's not nice. The treatment's horrendous in many cases, worse than the actual disease. But the, the figures are that 2,600 women a year in the UK are diagnosed um, and there are 700 deaths. Now, I'm I'm not for one second suggesting that any kind of cancer is a pleasant way to die. Of course, it's not. But they're quite low figures compared to diagnosis for other types of cancers. So I'm interested to know why this relentless kind of push to eliminate this disease, which has quite low death rates per 1,000. You know, they're now jab, jab, jab. Everybody needs a jab. The, the screening needs to be more effective. The jab needs to be more effective. And you're thinking that, why, why is this? And of course, when you go behind the screening figures, screening's quite big business. There have been lots and lots of studies and a couple of books written about the breast screening industry, which it is. And the breast screening was in, it kind of invented in a way by the people that make the technology for the screening. So it becomes this industry. And I remember over the last three and a half years, you know, when they were saying, don't go to the doctor's. Stay away from health centers. NHS is under pressure like never before. Stay away. Keep, keep safe. Save lives. Except if you need a cervical screening. I got three letters in six months saying you haven't been for your screening. Do come along. Come along for your screening. That's fine. Come in. We want you to have screenings because screenings often pick up abnormalities uh, in cells with cervical screening or abnormalities in breast tissue, which the body would have dealt with normally. And maybe if you'd gone back in a month's time, that, that would have gone away. But you pick something up early so-called early detection, oh, we need to give you some drugs, oh, you might need an operation, oh, chemo, you know, and it becomes, you become sucked into the medical system as a result of the screening. 
not all the time. Sometimes it will pick up a genuine case, but screening's big business. So this doesn't surprise me at all. Like you need to get screened. You need to get a jab for something that your body may, in some cases, have deal with on its own, deal with on its own. So yeah, but it's interesting. You know, the answer to it, of course, is not diet and exercise to prevent cancer. It is a needle. Surprise, mm. surprise. I'm gonna. I may have. I may have uh, almost come late to the party, but I'm ready to get on my soapbox because this one makes me really angry. Um, everything is incorrect about this. So the smear tests have actually changed. They don't even check anymore for cancer. They only check for HPV. Most people are unaware of that. So you think you're going for a smear test and checking for cancer and abnormal smear cells? Oh no, they're only checking to see if you've got HPV, which comes at the same time that they're pushing the vaccine on girls and boys in uh, secondary school. And apparently that will get rid of it when it only even even they claim only uh, uh, will vaccinate you against a tiny, tiny amount of the HPV vaccine. Uh, you know, it's absolute rubbish. Um, and the, even the Jade Goody case that they used, you know, like, oh, Jade Goody died. She was having symptoms for 10 years. The doctors ignored. That was nothing to do with getting it picked up. They, she, she, she died because... The doctors were awful. Nothing to do with a smear test. It, may, it really makes me angry, this one, because they're literally lying through their teeth. Uh, there's no way they're going to get rid of it. They don't even pick it up on the smear test, and they're trying to push a vaccine that doesn't even work on boys that don't even need it for cervical cancer. Right, done. Why, why, don't you tell, why don't you tell us how you really feel, Natalie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, don't hold back. Give us it. Give us how you really feel. No, you're right. And you know something? This this business um, uh, that we're talking about, with for example the cervical screening uh, and also the the chicken pox vaccine, I think it's reasonably safe to say at this point, uh, with the experiences that we've had over the last few years, that if the NHS and the government are really, really actively pushing something hard. Uh, it's probably not in your best interest to go along with it. And I'm not saying don't get screenings. And I'm not saying, you know, if you want to get yourself injected, you know, at least get a second opinion or do some research. Just don't blindly follow mass uh, propaganda campaigns, for example, for screenings or for injections or for whatnot. Think about it. Do some research into it before you just leap, leap into the deep end. Yeah. And can I quickly say the HPV vaccine is what they're pushing uh, and what they're trying to say will get rid of cervical cancer. Now, that was pushed on my two special needs boys, my eldest boy, um, who will probably always need my care. Even my ex-husband said to me, oh, he needs it. I said, why does he need it? He might never get in a relationship. It's literally, I mean, that's how like people are completely brainwashed my ex-husband was trying to give him a vaccine and he might not even ever be sexually active mm. i was thinking this is crazy they're pushing this vaccine on boys boys even that don't need it i mean that is how ridiculous this actually is and uh yeah so make sure you actually realize out there and people realize what you're even being vaccinated for you know if, if you've got a special needs child there's no way they're going to need an hpv vaccine it, no. it's crazy and also, I don't know about you guys, if you've had, I've had chicken pox, you, you don't have to say whether or not you've had it or not. But when I was a kid, the parents used to have parties where they would get all the, if a kid in the street 
had chicken pox, all the other parents would bring their kids to the party, a party to get them infected with it. So they then have lifelong immunity from it. And the worst thing that can happen, or well, of course, maybe it could be fatal in some cases, uh, like anything, anything can kill you these days. But the worst uh, I took away from chicken pox was like a pockmark somewhere on my forehead that I was warned, don't scratch that or you'll get scarred for life. I thought it was a joke. And of course, I scratched it. And of course, now I'm scarred for life with a big pock mark in my forehead. But you know, if that's the worst that's going to happen from it, I'm not really a vain person. You know, it doesn't bother me that much. So yeah, how times have changed from let's get our kids infected and get them natural immunity. Let's get them down to the health center for a job and a job and a job and a job. So yeah, how times have changed. So uh, we're pretty much out of time with the segment already. I think we could talk for a good old hour on health alone. Maybe we will someday, but as per now, Jim, uh, we've got to call time in this one and you and I will talk again uh, in the next hour and not then. I should be back after this short break here on TNT Radio. Please don't go away. You should hear what Chris Smith is talking about. Discipline in the classroom. And of course, as someone who was schooled in Australia in an era when corporal punishment reigned, I fully appreciate how difficult it is now for teachers to maintain discipline. It would be incredibly tough. And over the decades, as I've hosted thousands of hours of talk radio programs, I can't tell you how many teachers have told me on air how bad behaviour, misbehaviour forced them out of the job, forced them to actually leave the teaching fraternity entirely. A lack of discipline is chronically disruptive to the entire class and even worse for the disruptor. And so when Victorian Liberal MLC Renee Heath spoke to us yesterday about the OECD's Disciplinary Climate Index, I didn't know they had one, I was blown away. 15-year-olds here in Australia are amongst the most disruptive and disorderly in the world. And that they rank in fact number 69 out of 76 school systems worldwide. Australian educators should be ashamed of that close to rock bottom status. And secondly, this could be a prime reason for Australia's pathetic international educational outcomes. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Radio works because of its ability to personalize to the listener. What's exciting these days is that people are rediscovering it. You know, people are really rediscovering just how powerful radio is, how ubiquitous it is. It's in our cars, it's in our homes. There are so many new ways to access it. It's everywhere. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. The choice is between normal, Natalie Cheel, or crazy. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Every day that passes by, that choice becomes more and more real. I I don't think (laughs) Natalie's getting more normal, but I do feel I'm getting more crazy. By the day, uh, I could end up like the Joker. Maybe by the end of the year, you'll see me coming on here with my face painted all funny. And the last Joker film, actually, doesn't uh, shoot a guy in a TV studio called Murray. Funnily enough, there's a guy called Murray uh, in the studio who Robert De Niro plays. He takes a uh, takes a bullet. So Murray, if I uh, make my way to the Gold Coast and say I want to do a live broadcast on New Year's Eve from the studio, I would strongly advise you to book the day off. But anyway, I digress slightly. Natalie, this chicken pox business, uh, forgive me in my old age. It's been a funny old morning here. Chicken pox, cervical cancer. You actually did have a story on the chicken pox. I got them all yep. mixed up as I do. Keep me right, please. Well, they both they both begin with C. It was cervical cancer. It was chicken pox. Easy Close. mistake to make. Yeah. Close. So uh, there was a big article. Um, actually, it was in, in all the mainstream media. So they're obviously pushing the HP vaccine 
vaccine for cervical cancer, which they're claiming is going to get rid of it. Absolute rubbish. Um, and now they're saying all children in the UK should be given the chickenpox vaccine. So it will become part of the normal childhood vaccine scheme. And they want to give it to children at 12 months. But like you rightly said, all children uh, have chickenpox. Uh, most, most, and I mean 99.9% will uh, not have any problems. My cousin did actually have a secondary infection. It's called hydrocephalitis. It's water on the brain. It, that. So yes, I know somebody that did get ill and have to be hospitalized near he was in intensive care after chicken pox but he, his mum's a nurse and she said that, that that's the rarest of the rare that can happen after any virus by the way any virus you get it's possible to get a secondary infection um there is no need to vaccinate your children for chicken pox um mine had it uh my eldest had it and exactly 14 days later my uh yeah, my youngest got it. And this is a, a chickenpox is always my uh, kind of argument against German terrain theory. Whilst I agree most of the time with terrain theory, uh, when it's nearly 14 days to the day uh, you get in contact with someone, you will get chickenpox. Um, there has to be some form for me of passing that germ or germ or contagion on. But either way, the vaccine is absolutely not needed. If you look at death from chickenpox, why on earth? would you actually risk a child and adding that to their immune system? So I'm, I'm quite disgusted that uh, the NHS are going to be, um, well, they say considering it at this stage, but it looks like the chickenpox vaccine is going to be added to the um, huge amount of huge jabs that, that, that the year that, that they will be getting it a year old at, with the MMR, with all of those other things. Terrible. Well, like a uh, like a trend caveat, <laughs> any advice I give anybody, if it's financial advice, if it's life advice, or it's medical advice, or any advice, uh, please do your own research and uh, don't take my word for it. It could end up uh, costing you your life, that's for sure. So yeah, there are complications that can arise. I don't know. Uh, I can remember at school, I had measles. I got uh, I got Scott. Was it uh, German measles as well? Uh, rubella I took it. I took it actually when I was twenty. Uh, I got glandular fever, I got chicken pox, all that sort of business. And it was the almost an expected thing as kids that you would pick them up, especially if somebody in school had them, you know, would do the rounds. But now, as you say, there seems to be a huge push on for this. And the only one that I didn't get that I was actually advised to get a jab for was the mumps. So the mumps is a horrible condition, apparently, where your glands all swell up. And if you take it when you're a kid, it's really, really bad. But apparently, if you get it as an adult, especially an adult male, uh, it's supposed to be utterly horrific. And I always meant to get a jab for that when I was a teenager. I thought, mm, I don't fancy the sound of that. But I never got around to it. And you know what? I'm not going to. The last time I ever heard of somebody with mumps, I can't even remember. No, and I would also like to say to people um, uh, not to be scared either. My eldest um, had a severe reaction from the MMR jab. I ensured my youngest didn't receive any vaccinations. I got fear-mongering letters throughout school. I also got told at one point, you know, he might not be able to attend school because he's had no vaccinations. It's too dangerous. Um, I haven't had any recently, but I would get them six monthly or yearly saying, your child still needs their MMR um, 
um, please come to the doctor and talk about it. So I was getting them up to he was about 12 or 13. So, you know, there will be constant fear mongering if you don't choose to vaccinate your child, but you don't have to listen to it. You can do your own research and make your own decisions. And I would just like to say my youngest child who I didn't vaccinate hasn't had a day off, didn't have a day off primary school. Um, I mean, he did get the chicken pox in nursery. I think uh, he had a couple of days off then, not a day off in secondary school or primary school. He is such a well child, barely even gets a cold. Coincidence? You know, no causation doesn't it or is it a mean correlation, but, you know, or the other way around. But, yeah, you make your own mind up. You make uh, uh, your decisions as a parent. Do your own research. Freedom of choice. There used to be a, I'll never forget a t-shirt that I saw a kid wearing one time uh, and it said muck and dirt don't hurt. Okay. And he was filthy from head to toe and he was literally wearing a t-shirt saying muck and dirt don't hurt. And you could hear people saying, oh, that kid's filthy. He's going to, he's going to get uh, an infection. He's going to get worms. He's going to, listen, if you expose yourself to the world, you will pick things up. You will develop a tolerance to things, you know, your stomach can become, let's say, you can get the constitution of an ox. And yeah. let me say this, as I, when I was growing up, and even to this day, I'm not the, uh, I'm not uh, Mr. Hygiene. <laughs> Let's just say that if I ever invite you around for dinner, uh, probably you'd be better staying in the kitchen with me to make sure I'm doing everything hygienically. But all I'm saying is it hasn't really done me any harm. I'm reasonably, uh, my constitution's pretty tough. I can eat stuff and I can expose myself to things and I'm, I'm all right. And I think a lot of that comes from not being too over the top with, you know, ritualistic hand washing and making sure everything's, you know, perfect. You know, when I was growing up, just get out there and get exposed to some, you know, stuff. Yeah, I think, I think there's a, I'm doing a lot of research on like drinking drugs at the moment and they say your body gets to a point of homeostasis, I think it's called. So once you start drinking or taking too many drugs, you're, you're literally changing your body's natural equilibrium. So you have to take that amount just to feel the same level. And uh, once I, I tried like almost like a celiac diet because I was having troubles with my gut. Now, I took out um, uh, like gluten for like a, to, for a year, didn't actually improve my diet or, or my health. Suddenly, when I went to eat it again, oh, my goodness, the stomach pains actually being sick. I, I basically, you know, made my body less tolerant, you know. So it, I'm, basically what I'm trying to say here is your body will is, is very, very clever. If you mm-hmm. take everything, if you make it too safe, your house, if you don't go out there, your body will get used to that. If if you go out, get in the muck, you know, have, have a few germs around there, your body will be able to take that. And that is how yeah. you build up your natural immunity as a child too. So, uh, you know, having uh, constantly washing your hands, all that anti-back stuff everywhere, every single vaccine, yeah. you'll be doing the opposite. Your child, in my opinion, will be getting more ill, not more well. But, you know, as I said, you know, do your own research. I'm no medical advisor, no. so don't go and listen to me. <laughs> what do you say at the end of the year? We'll get lawsuits against us. There'll be about 50 people writing and going, we listen to those two now, you know, our family are dead or we're in hospital and we've got sepsis. We're missing arms and legs because we foolishly listened to Natalie and Rick. So, yeah, we caveat everything. Listen, this is just our thoughts and opinions based on a little yes. bit of life experience and a little bit yes. of education in these areas. So please feel free to take what we say as the gospel or discard it as being complete madness. It's entirely up to you. 
now we've got to take a little break and uh, when we come back after the news plenty more uh, on the news front to get through so please don't go away this is tnt radio this news just in tnt radio news ready go 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 Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Chinese President Xi Jinping arrived in San Francisco on Tuesday, where he's due to come face-to-face with President Joe Biden for the first time in 12 months. As calls grow louder for a ceasefire in Gaza, the new Speaker of the US House says the idea is ridiculous. And Finland is gearing up to close its border with Russia as it seeks to prevent a repeat of the 2015 migrant crisis. Did you know there are many ways you can listen to TNT Radio? Why not stream us direct from our website on your desktop, tablet, or mobile device? Or download our app from the App Store. We even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We've got you covered on TNT Radio. Okay, uh, just having a gander, a gander at the live chat. I've been terribly neglectful of the live chat recently, uh, and it's not by design. Uh, I find it hard to multitask. I'm a very simple guy, uh, so I'm looking at screens and trying to move my head around or not move my head around and checking chats and all sorts of things. But live chat, brilliant. Again, massive thanks and big love to everybody. And there's some great uh, messages in there. Sparrow Jarrow, actually, going back uh, to 916, he wrote this about screening buses we were talking about uh cervical screening there are actually big buses now devoted to this where they drive around certain places and they park up and women can go in queue uh, to get uh screened within these huge buses and yeah he said they're mahusive mahusive buses that means they're extremely big and uh, that's a little bit of uh speak there uh, describing the size of these buses uh talking about jethro's in there as well thank you jethro to your uh, comments as well. Sparrow Jarrow actually also says chicken soup vaccine. That's another one we don't talk about much. Uh, when you do get the cold or you get the flu or you're feeling under the weather, chicken soup always makes an appearance and a big bottle of Lucasade or Ribena. <laughs> anytime, anytime that I do feel under the weather, I go through liters and liters of Ribena. Uh, I love it. Freezing cold. I just chug oh, it I down me. I think, oh, I think it's full of vitamin C and sugar and all sorts <laughs> of things, but it kind of gets me back on my feet again. So big love, big love for Ribena. And thank you uh, for talking about chicken soup as well. Uh, is polio still delivered on a sugar cube? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's another way they used to get kids to take polio drops, drop them on the sugar cubes so. and then uh, got them to uh, take them in there. Uh, but anyway, they're still uh, jabbing people with that as well. Uh, who else is in there? Yeah, uh, Nide said, I remember having mumps as a kid. Uh, yeah, thankfully, I, I haven't had it, but I don't, I've never heard, uh, at least in the last few decades, if anybody, you know, my nephews or nieces, none of them had it or anybody that was at my daughter's school. Nobody seemed to have it either. Uh, Nigel also says homeostasis. Not that's a word you mentioned. means balance. And Mazzy says alien stomach. I sympathize, uh, Natalie. Yes, alien stomach. Your stomach uh, is actually super super durable it's actually shaped shaped like a j you know the letter j your stomach's like a bag that's shaped like a j and the acid that is in your stomach is super powerful and in fact the inside of your stomach is lined with uh, mucus that the stomach wall produces because if it didn't produce that the acid like alien and you talked about alien stomach there mazzy you know if you've seen the film alien when they cut those things they they bleed acid and it cuts through iron and steel 
that's actually like your stomach uh, acid. And that's why when you have really bad stomach ulcers, this is a, a totally off the cuff anatomical lesson because I do actually have a little bit of uh, knowledge in anatomy. I have an honors degree in human anatomy. Yes. And damn it. I always wondered why I studied that, Natalie. I always wondered why I studied that back in the 90s. And now maybe today today it all becomes apparent. I'm going to use it for a little skit here on TNT Radio. But if you have stomach ulcers, really bad ones, it's because the mucus in your stomach isn't there in certain places. And that acid is slowly eating literally its way through your stomach wall. So- can, anyway, can I yes. quickly add about if you do have any tummy problems, I, I did try and get rid of all that stuff. It didn't work. I did my own research again on natural gut health, um, which is really, really important. They say now um, and actually affects other parts of your body as well. So uh, since that time, I actually take probiotics. I have a lot of live yogurt and I have no stomach problems at all. So, uh, mm. yeah, that wasn't big pharma. That was sorted out again by uh, natural remedies. Uh, also, um, yeah, homeostasis is achieved with natural alkaline, etc., and destroyed by acidic things. Uh, lastly, uh, Lisa in the live chat, I'm not going to get too graphic with this one, but she says, uh, it would be difficult for me to get screened with one of those booby machines. Interesting. I don't know. Um, what did the, what do you do in that case? I suppose it's a little bit like men too. You don't really hear about men being pushed to go and get their prostate checked the same way as women with their cervix or men with a, a testicular, testicular cancer, cancer is a big one for men as well. And I think it's that, you know, that stigma. I have to go to the doctors and drop my pants and some stranger uh, grabs me down there. And I mean, how embarrassing, but you know, it could but, could save your life. Um, but, you know, it's up to you. Don't leave it. They're now sending out um, bowel cancer checks for men in mm. uh, the post. So you actually have to send your stores back in the post, oh. which I thought was, um, you know, when I saw um, a friend have it and I said, I'm not sure sending your poo back in the post is, is do you know what I mean? Is the most effective way. It's hardly like it's not being chilled, is it? Like, like you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they send you out a sealable lunchbox type you container know, with the sample like you know, so. you don't just crap in the envelope and, you know, lick it and stick it in the post box mm-hmm. for posty to deliver back to your local NHS screen and things. I, I I'm just not sure how I, scientific it can be. Do you know what I mean? If you return yeah. your poo in the post and then you get a positive result, are they mm. just trying to do it so they can get more people in to sell more Big Pharma? I don't know. So tell me what you think, but I don't know if you want to be uh, sending off your poo sample in the post. Imagine, I'm just thinking it would be bad enough being the postman. Uh, having Imagine you went around an estate, for example, and everyone had got a crap sampler and they all decided to use it. And then you had to pick up at your local post box a sack full of crap literally and deliver it but that the only job worse than that i can think of natalie is the person that actually does the testing uh when it finally arrives i mean like imagine you think we think we have a bad day at work maybe sometimes oh i don't feel like this today can you imagine monday morning going in uh with a huge pile of samples on your desk and your supervisor says right i want those all analyzed uh, by lunchtime today 
<laughs> it's yeah. not a job Sp- I would fancy. Spyro Jaro says, isn't it illegal to send feces through the post? Yeah, maybe the NHS are doing something illegal. Mm. To be fair, it's a tiny, tiny, it's like a tiny little test tube with a tiny, tiny little bit of uh, of poo. So it's not it's not going to leak anywhere. So maybe that's how they're getting away with it. And um, someone just put as well, a course of antibiotics, uh, Niger said, is detrimental to gut flora. So probiotic supplements are a good idea after that, 100%. Um, I'm hoping with these kits, you know, this is totally off topic, but I hope there's a good set of instructions with them, you know, because somebody might get a little test tube and think I have to actually go into that thing or rather than, you know, removing a sample and put it in. Once uh, I had a friend, (laughs) I had a friend who uh, came to Africa with me on a trip and he'd never used a pit latrine before, which is just a hole in the ground that you go out and do your business in. So the first day that he arrived, he didn't know how to use it. And what happens is, you know, there's no toilet seat. So you just like squat over a hole and do your business. But he didn't know you had the squat. So he actually, he actually sat on he actually sat on the filthy ground with his bum over the pit and done his business. And he got some nasty bites. So he was afraid to use the toilet bed for the next two weeks. So for two weeks, Natalie. He didn't do a number two, and I don't know how he got home without his intestines exploding, but he was so traumatized by the experience that he didn't go back to the toilet again. So, you know, use a little bit of common sense out there, people. And yeah, don't be post- posting your 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 feces back well, in the post. Jo- it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Jo- uh, Jock um, has confirmed that I wasn't just imagining it. I was worried for a moment that it was something I dreamt of. But no, he says I did the postal poo test. When you get the results, which hopefully are all clear, the letter says you still might have butt cancer. So it doesn't even eliminate it if you put your poo through the post. So just bear that in mind. Chuck, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but it does not surprise me that you are the listener in our live chat that has submitted a fecal sample in the post, and I love you to bits. Yes. So anyway, let's move on from that story. And I mean that with all the love in the world. Yes, Chuck, and I hope you appreciate that. So uh, Natalie, you can pick something. Let's move off this uh, horrendous topic, please, onto something Uh. nicer. Oh, let's let, let's move uh, to this ridiculous one. Uh, backlash grows against an endometriotris, almost got there, charity that appointed trans woman Steph Richards. I mean, this is this is embarrassing, right? Mm. So, you know, th- this is a condition that only affects women and they've gone and employed the top person as a trans woman and the founder, this is the quote as per managing endometriosis, almost got there, when you're trans, suffering in silence, she said, managing it is a feat in itself, but it can be even more difficult and an isolating experience for transgender individuals. Too often, transgender and non-binary people are left out of the conversation when it comes to this disease. This can lead to a lack of understanding and feeling of helplessness, which in turn can cause worsening symptoms. I'm sorry, you can't get endometriosis if you're a trans man. Or a, tra- a trans woman that used to be a man. So what are uh, absolutely a load of rubbish and lots of people who have got the condition are up in arms, writing to the charity, very, very angry, very insulted. You know, it's it's something, I mean, I don't have it, but um, it, it can be debilitating, pelvic pain, period pain, um, like constantly feeling sick. 
uh, awful, really, really bad stomach pain and to uh, have somebody, a trans woman, come in and pretend to pretend, basically, that they have any idea what these women are going through is is quite disgraceful. It is. And uh, what, what possesses these people uh, to, to, to do that? I mean, it, let's face it, there must be a board of directors there. There must be other senior members of that charity who are, who are women. I would imagine it would be a very uh, female-dominated charity if it's to do with female issues. It's the same, if it, and that's not being sexist there, if it was a testicular awareness or a prostate um, uh, charity, I would imagine there'd be a lot of males involved and certainly to appoint a female as a CEO of a testicular cancer charity yes. would be, and then her, her sitting there telling me as a man, well, I know what it's like to have problems down there and I know what it's like, you know, having lumps down below. No, you don't because you're a woman and you don't have anything to have lumps on. So it's bizarre to the max. And I suppose it literally follows in the same vein as that crazy uh, Stevie Wonder Greek woman story at the start. You just look at some things sometimes. Am I actually watching this? Am I actually hearing this? Is this actually happening in the world today? And this is an Another one of those insane stories where you have this man who thinks he's a woman identifying with women and saying, I know what it's like having a period. I know what it's like having terrible pains down below. No, you don't because you don't have any female anatomical <laughs> body parts. So how the hell could you know about that? And why are they paying this dude uh, to do this? Uh, yeah, he'll be paying being ridiculous money, but not being funny. If you want to go look up the pictures, um, uh, it, 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 they've got more stories on this today in the Daily Mail. People are very, very angry about it. He's one of those trans women that look like men. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't pass. This is this is a big butch uh, b b person who there's if the, if they walked um, into a shop next to you, you're not going to be thinking they're a woman. And I think that's even worse. You know, it, it, it feels like that it goes back to the kind of eradicating women trying to mock us. I mean, I find it exceptionally insulting that somebody like that um, would head a charity uh, for women's problems. Um, uh, are women not important anymore? Do we not have a voice? Is that is that the point or are they trying to take that away? Although, having said that, okay, just as we're up this one up, let's say, uh, forget about identifying and pretending you're a woman. <clears throat> if a man was appointed to run this charity and he said, listen, I'm going to make sure it's super efficient. I'm going to make sure we reach out to as many women as possible. I'm not a woman, but I'm not even trying to identify as one, but I want to do the best I can for all the women out there. Then crack on, do the job, but don't sit and say, here, I, this is me in my party dress, my little summer frock with my makeup on, and I know what it's like to have a time of the month, and I know what it's like to have pains down below. No, you don't. It's just a token diversity hire. It's a tick box yeah. job. It's got nothing to do with competency. And the same goes for the women running a male charity. If a female ran a testicular awareness cancer and she was doing a fantastic job of it and uh, cutting down stupid expenditure and putting as much money as possible back into uh, getting people treated, I would have no problem with that. My problem would be if she turned around and says, by the way, I'm a man and I know what it's like to examine myself down below for testicular cancer. No, you don't. You're just living in a fantasy world and I'm not playing along or buying into that uh, charade. So that's what that is now. It's just uh, one big charade. We've got to take another uh, break. And when we come back, uh, following on, it seems to be a lot of these uh, these stories are coming up here. Another female pool player. Uh, we talked about one yesterday. She took a stand. Well, somebody else has jumped in here, which is good. Maybe this is the beginning it's, of a domino effect in the women's pool league. So we'll talk about that story when we come back. And let's hope it inspires others to take a stand and just say, no, having none of it here on TNT Radio. 
with his expert analysis and opinion. This is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Who says legislation isn't a contact sport? We nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place, now is a time you wanna go? And Butterbean said, let's go. Cooler heads like Bernie Sanders intervened. They weren't going to come to blows anyway. This wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist Republican Senator Charles Sumner by pro-slavery Democrat Senator Preston Brooks of South Carolina in 1856, but it was good to see a Republican show a little spine, show a little enthusiasm for his position. Now, if we can only get Mark Wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative, this is Viewpoint. Working group meetings for the WHO Pandemic Treaty have been taking place behind closed doors. On the 18th of February 2022, the Working Group on Strengthening WHO Preparedness and Response WGPR, to Health Emergencies held its seventh meeting. Recommendations were issued including surveillance systems that would link into each country's national health system, the implementation of universal digital vaccination certificates, and guidelines on how each member country would be paying fees to the World Health Organization, in addition to the annual membership fees each member country is already paying. It proposed that states' parties should ensure adequate and sustained financing at the national and sub-national levels and provide adequate and sustained financing to the WHO Secretariat for its work on preventing, detecting and responding to disease outbreaks. An international pandemic financing faculty is recommended to raise additional reliable financing for pandemic preparedness and for rapid global finance surge for response in the event of a pandemic. The facility should have the capacity to mobilize long-term 10 to 15-year contributions of approximately $5 to $10 billion per annum to finance ongoing preparedness functions. It will have the ability to disperse up to $50 to $100 billion at short notice by front-loading future commitments in the event of a pandemic declaration. This is a place for crazy people. Natalie Cheel and Rick Mott. Thank you, listen. TNT. Okay. We can't, uh, I'm just, I'm going, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. So I'm channeling my inner Holy Spirit here. I'm believing that we're back live on air here. I want to believe we are. Uh, it's all good, Natalie. Uh, what, what other stories? What other stories do we have? I'm gonna bat, I'm gonna keep batting this over to you because I'm yep. I'm feeling crazy. I'm feeling like Omar Lalo well, this morning. So you you can tell us where we're going. Yeah, we're feeling a bit of a silly mood today, but this is actually a really positive story because we already covered uh, earlier on in the week that there was the world number five uh, pool player in the women's league 
has said uh, she will uh, forfeit any game. She will walk away. She will not play any uh, transgender person. And uh, a pool player, Lynn Pinchers, has taken a stand and refused to play against her transgender opponent in the final of the tournament because she says it feels unfair to compete against a trans woman. Apparently, the crowd at Pontins uh, seemingly backed her. They were cheering. Um, and uh, her controversial decision, it said, has been met with lots of praise on uh, social media. Uh, she said uh, that she defeated the England captain in the semi-finals, and uh, she has said that was my final. Um, um, and if you look at the pictures, um, if you want to go, uh, it's again this story you can find it in all the big mainstream newspapers. There's a massive difference. So you've got this man awarding the first and second prize, right? And uh, the lady, and you can tell she's a lady who's received second prize, okay. is tiny. Like the guy okay. giving it to her, she's like, okay. like, um, you know, like about a foot underneath him. And then the woman, apparently the woman, the man that uh, has won it, is is twice as big as the guy, muscular wise, okay. and taller than the man uh, that's given it. There's a good reason these pool players are standing up. And importantly, it said after they changed the rules, within a week of the announcement, more than 60 professional female pool players have joined forces in a WhatsApp group to oppose the changes. So could this be the sport? Could this be the one that all of the top players stand up and refuse to have make it happen? Because if this does happen, this could have implications for women's sport around the world and others. It's got to start somewhere, and it always starts with one person. You know, I don't care what anybody says, but a revolution always starts with an individual that talks to somebody else. They buy into it. They get involved in it, and it spreads. And that's always been the problem with this issue, Natalie. How many times have we talked about men and women cycling events, men and women swimming events, men and basketball events, men paying playing women's volleyball, men and women's weightlifting competitions, but yet it still goes on because there hasn't been enough people that have stood up and said, you know what, if you want to enter this competition, all the women are boycotting it and we advise no one to come and view it or watch it, okay? And if that happened, it would kill this dead in the water. So maybe it would. this is the momentum that's needed. So we started with one person. Now we've got another girl. Now they have a group together. There's 40 to yeah. 60 of them. And, I, know it's just and a I think it's 60 of the top. If they yep. could do that and they yep. just keep forfeiting. There's mm -hmm. no. They've, they've said uh, the World Eight Ball Pool Federation WEPF are the ones that change their rules. They'll have no choice. If every single one of those top players refuses to play a transgender, there will be no female pool kind of league at, at, at the top level. They'll have to change the rules. So I really am hoping that they all can do the same because. You know, people need to start standing up. Nothing is going to change unless women, and it has to be women, you know, refuse to compete against these men because they are biological men. And this is the mechanics, okay? So the story that we covered yesterday in and of itself wasn't going to change women's pull, but someone else stood with that woman, and now we're talking about two stories. And then all of a yes. sudden, then a group 
forms with 40 to 60 top professional Jeez, women. Yeah. And then if they all get together, then the entire sport can boycott this. And then if the entire sport boycotts it, then maybe another women's sport will do the same. And that's how this uh, works. It will not be toppled, sadly, overnight because they've been sowing this mm. mad ideology into people's minds for decades now. So it's not going to go away overnight. But what we do need is this uh, domino effect. And it's like a bushfire. You know, when it catches off, you throw a match in the bush. It's just one match, but then it goes and then all of a sudden you've got the place burning down that's what we need and metaphorically when it comes to resisting this you've got to remember as well i've been brought up in a pub environment maybe this is the sport these women have had to fight men just to get onto the pool tables you know when you're in a pub sometimes mm -hmm. you want to get on that pool table you've got men in there saying you're not coming on we're on they've been fighting against them all you know in that environment for a long time you know so they they're quite happy to to carry on fighting that they will want their place so i've got confidence in them so good on the ladies pool players and let's hope they keep standing up to the men yeah, they got they got, got a, a weapon in their hand as well haven't <laughs> they, they really? i've so, got a, i've got a funny story about women's pool right whenever i was dating my wife uh one of the earlier christmases we were together she said you know what i would love a pool table i love pool i would love a pool table so i said you know what i'm going to get you a pool table for christmas so she was over the moon she was over the moon so i went into belfast and uh, there was a little novelty shop in there so I bought her a little pool table that you could literally fit in the palm of your hand and the pool sticks were really about an inch and a half long and I wrapped it up and uh, Christmas I said uh, there you go and she's looking around going where's, where's the pool table I said you haven't opened all your presents yet so uh, she's never let me live that one down and uh, actually uh, she found well we do have a pool table now someone uh, my sister-in-law donated one to us but she wanted rid of it we're, we're very good at recycling stuff we gift each other we gift each other stuff that we don't want anymore so we got our pool table and she's got some tap from our house as well but finally she gets the pool table but yes it's a it's a meal you know like darts as well pub sports and uh, meal dominated sports but the women can do uh, just as well they're just as talented but they need to be given opportunities and stop being squashed and now men are coming along trying to steal their thunder in a sport that they've worked so hard to get a foothold in uh, as well so yes women's pool let's hope it's the first one and then maybe you never know it could spread swimming cycling or whatnot that's what yeah. we need is it not we need a chain reaction yeah. Yeah, we need a chain reaction. So um, I, I've, I'm, you know, right, I'm right behind them, uh, especially as someone who plays pool terribly and even worse when I'm drunk. So uh, I'm, I'm afraid I will not be the person to do it. I'm not going to be able to help the situation. <laughs> No. Uh, let's let's finish off with one more uh, quick story. This is a crazy one coming in from Ireland here uh, to do with uh, council tenants could get €14,000 tax-free per year for renting a room to students from next month, from December 2023. This is real. So council tenants will be permitted to earn 14 grand a year tax-free for renting out a room in their house to students from next month. There will be no caps on the amount of rent charged and any rental income will not affect social welfare payments. The Irish Independent previously revealed the government's plan to include social housing tenants in rent-to-room schemes. So uh, social housing in, in, in the north of Ireland, especially is very heavily subsidized. You can get a really good council house over here for about, I don't know, 60, 70 quid a week, possibly, you know, fully brand new build, fitted kitchens, everything. So now you could, although this is in the in the south rather than in the north, but you could rent a room out 
for over a thousand quid a month tax-free and it doesn't affect your benefits either I think it's a very slippery slope, a very worrying story, because if they're starting to pay uh, for people to put people up, uh, this could only be the start. It could soon be uh, they'll offer this scheme out to anyone that can put a migrant in their house. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's pati- it's particularly worrying. Um, they shouldn't be offering such a high amount of money to put students in the house, but then to not to get that money and not even uh, it be taken off your benefit payments. No. No, it, 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 it's particularly worrying. Um, it's, it's almost like they're they're so worried about the housing housing crisis. They'll put they'll put anyone anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, well, sorry, S- sort your borders out first, and uh, then you wouldn't need to do these schemes uh, in the first place. Uh, and it could go horribly wrong in two ways. Here, there could be a lot of predators there who are who are land or who are house owners who want to rent their room out to some uh, possible victims. And of course, there could be a lot of people wanting to get their way into people's houses as well to prey on the... I'm not saying everybody's like that, but let's be honest, there must be some creeps out there that are rubbing their hands together with joy this morning saying, hey, I get to take in a student. I know, and also dodgy. I get paid 14 grand a year tax-free without affecting my benefits. Hmm, what could possibly go wrong there? What could possibly go wrong? So uh, buyer beware, I think is the old saying goes, uh, buyer yeah, beware. Ca- can be you imagine dodgy old bloke with a camera in the room? Oh, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wanted young female student uh, to sleep in my back room. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I think I'll pass on that one. Thanks very much, Uh, male or female for that matter. I think I'll pass on that one. So yeah, be aware out there in Ireland and uh, be careful who you uh, shack up with. You never know, you could end up like, uh, well, I'm not even gonna go down that route. But anyway, uh, it's all over for now, all bar the shouting. Uh, Natalie will be back again tomorrow. I shall be back after the news with Gemma and Bruce Scott. So please don't go away, this is TNT Radio.